Welcome to our podcast. I'm Pastor Mark Voss. Today we continue our sermon series, Uncovered. And as we turn our thoughts to the wedding at Cana, our Lord uncovers the delight of knowing that our gracious God always delivers more than we ask. Our sermon today is based on John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Our message is entitled, Delight Uncovered. May God bless you as you hear and take to heart the truths of his holy word. Today's gospel lesson and the words that will serve as our sermon text, John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Three days later, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does that have to do with you and me? My time has not come yet. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Six stone water jars, which the Jews used for ceremonial cleansing, were standing there, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told them, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did. When the master of the banquet tasted the water that had now become wine, he did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the banquet called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when the guests have had plenty to drink, then the cheaper wine. You have saved the good wine until now. This, the beginning of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed in Cana of Galilee. He revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. My dear family in Christ, we've become a minority in America, you know. For the first time in our country's history, we've learned that today, a majority of Americans are unchurched. Now, I'm sure that there are a variety of reasons for that. But I would guess that many of those who are not at all interested in Christianity have the impression that a life lived for the Lord is a dry, boring, joyless experience. I think a majority of people would tell you that the pursuit of following Christ and the pursuit of finding pleasure and joy in life, are mutually exclusive paths to follow. In other words, you can be someone who enjoys life, or you can be a Christian, but you can't be both. We readily recognize that our Savior came into this world to undo the damage that sin had done to his world. We know that Jesus came to take away the sin of the world by becoming the Lamb of God sacrificed for us. But I wonder, do we oftentimes forget 
that Jesus also came to multiply our joy, to deliver a kind of delight that far exceeds or outweighs anything that we could ask or imagine? Have you forgotten that at times in your life? Have you started to view your life with Jesus as something, well, you just have to do, instead of letting your life with Jesus be the highest source of joy and delight in your life? If so, then this first miracle of our Lord is exactly the medicine that you need. Today, as we continue in our sermon series, Uncovered, what happened at the wedding at Cana shows us delight uncovered because it reminds us that God delivers more than we ask. Delight uncovered. Notice that as Jesus began to uncover his glory and to reveal the work that he had come to do, he doesn't begin in a place that we might think he would begin. You might think that when Jesus had come into this world to help people, that he would have first gone to one of the local hospitals. Instead, we find him at a wedding. Weddings to this day remain one of the most wonderful times in a person's life. Everyone loves a wedding. Let's uncover some of the delight that we find at this wedding at Cana of Galilee. John's telling us that three days after Jesus had called his first disciples to come and follow him, that he and his disciples headed to this wedding. Mary was there. Cana was about 10 miles away from their hometown of Nazareth. Wedding celebrations back in biblical times were a little different than what we're accustomed to today. They often lasted for several days, sometimes a full week. And talk about delight uncovered in this text. We find that Jesus was present there at that wedding at Cana. If you're married, was Jesus at your wedding too? To witness your vows? To bless you as you entered into that sacred union? Is he present in your marriage still today, the most important part of your life together? And for that matter, whether you're married or single, whether you're younger or older, do you recognize the delight of the presence of Jesus in your life, this Savior who said to you in Matthew chapter 28, I am with you always to the very end of the age. What delight it is to know that. Wherever you are, whatever you do, whatever you're going through, Jesus says, I'm with you. Knowing that and, and remembering that will bring you a sense of true daily delight. It'll fill you with this godly assurance and joy. Jesus is with me. He's got this. There, with you, this Jesus, strengthening you in your life of faith and in your walk with him through the gospel's truth. Your Savior Jesus, there with you to strengthen you as you struggle against sin and temptation. This Jesus is there, present with you. He's picking you up from your knees and he's wiping away your tears as you come to him admitting and repenting of all of your sins with a, a broken spirit and a contrite heart. This Jesus who is at Cana is with you whenever you are crushed with guilt, there with you, embracing you in his everlasting arms, 
assuring you that you are his child, forgiven for his sake. What a delight. Jesus gives more than we could ever ask or imagine. He's with us, not just kind of putting up with us because he has to, but he's with us, welcoming us, wanting us, loving us, forgiving us, saving us. Delight uncovered. Let me help you to find delight in an unlikely place in this text, one that might otherwise be easily missed. A problem set in there at Cana. They ran out of wine. Remember now, those celebrations lasted for days. This would have been a major source of embarrassment for the host family. They've run out of wine. Mary knew exactly what to do. She went right straight to Jesus. They have no wine, she said. The implication, of course, is, Jesus, you've got to do something about this. Can you find delight in Jesus' reply to her? Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with you and me? My time has not come yet. You say, oh, wait a minute, where's the delight in that? Well, think for a moment. When Mary gives him this directive, Jesus seizes the opportunity to remind her and to remind all of us that the timing of his first miracle wasn't going to be her call. That wasn't the business of his earthly mother. That rather was the business of his heavenly father. Jesus is no longer that child growing up under Mary's foot in the town of Nazareth. Jesus now has entered into his public ministry. And, and here's the delight. It comes from knowing that Jesus is reminding her and us that he is willingly putting himself under his father's will, under his father's plan, under his father's timetable, even though Jesus knows full well that it would all end at the cross. And Jesus enters into that work to perfectly meet our greatest need in life. Not the need to have more wine, but the need to be forgiven. And when the time did come for Jesus to go to the cross, he went willingly like a lamb led to the slaughter to be that atoning sacrifice for my sins and yours and the sins of the world. The one who turned water into wine has mercifully turned sinners into saints by his work. That's our greatest joy in life. That's our delight. Jesus has done for us more than we ever could have asked or imagined. But he did meet the need there at Cana, didn't he? They'd run out of wine. And isn't it interesting, without any drama, without any fanfare, with the kind of mighty power that only this everlasting Son of God could muster, he turns water into wine. And not just some cheap, uh, this will have to do in a pinch kind of wine. Jesus delivers more than we ask. The master of the wedding banquet takes a taste of it and finds himself delighted that the bridegroom had saved the best until last. Can we uncover the delight of remembering this morning what the Lord has done for us? The wonderful life that Jesus has given to us? 
that he serves us the very best in life, that our lives are not just a string of joyless days slapped together while we put our nose to the grindstone and, and just try to get through it. Not in the presence of Jesus. With this delightful Christ living in your heart by faith, your days are blessed. He brings meaning and focus and direction and purpose to every day in the believer's life. There, there is no such thing as a hopeless day when Christ rules on the throne inside your heart, when you've been made alive in Christ. The very best of life is what he gives to us. Look, you don't have to be jealous or envious of anyone else. Jesus has brought you a new and delightful and meaningful life. Drink deeply from that cup of blessings every day. Delight uncovered. This text certainly uncovers the delight of knowing that Jesus meets our needs. And there at the wedding at Cana, he met the need with an exclamation mark, didn't he? He delivers more than we could ever ask. Not just a little more wine so that if it were real carefully rationed out, real, real carefully metered, everyone could have a little something for a little while. Not Jesus. He turns water into wine. Lots of wine. Somewhere between 120 and 180 gallons of wine. Brothers and sisters, let that fill you with the delight of knowing that the blessings that come from Jesus are eternally abundant. They will literally never, ever end because, friends, that's what we dare to have as our solid hope thanks to what Christ has done. Heaven, that never-ending grand celebration. Heaven, that, that celebration that the Bible describes for us as a wedding feast. So, Envision with me for a moment what that's going to be like with a sudden and unexpected blast of the trumpet judgment day will come upon us at that moment Jesus because of his saving grace will plant our feet firmly in that paradise that he's prepared for us that paradise called heaven. I mean, in a mighty instant, Jesus powerfully and mercifully brings to an end everything that is wrong with this world. He brings an end to all the hatred and the senseless violence and the two words that should never have to be used together, school shootings. He brings an end instantly to family strife and to broken relationships. He brings an end forever to sorrow and distress. He brings an end to cancer and, and heart disease and, and mental illness and disabilities. He brings an end to all of this world's bickering and fighting. He brings an instant end to anything and everything that serves to make this life so often a valley of tears. And then, in the blink of an eye, you are there in the presence of this Christ whom you've worshipped. And there you experience sights and sounds that are so perfect and so beautiful and so wondrous that there aren't adequate words in the human language to describe them. And then this Christ 
The church's groom turns to you, to me, to our believing loved ones, to every believer since the beginning of time, and he says, here, this is all for you. This is what it has all been about. This is what I won for you. This is what I promised you as a free gift of my grace. Come and share this with me. And we, hundreds of millions strong, together with the angels, erupt in a spontaneous chorus of praise, perfect, glorious, unending praise to the the delight of our risen and ascended Savior who will live with us there in paradise for days without end and, and chills run down our spine. And in the delightful celebration of heaven's wedding banquet, you and I in grateful faith look to our Savior and say, You have saved the best until now. Delight uncovered. God delivers more than we could ever ask or imagine. Jesus changed water into wine, the first of a number of miracles in his public ministry, and John tells us he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Brothers and sisters, there's the glory of this first miracle of Jesus. He leads us to see that this little baby born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth, is in truth Lord and God. The Savior that we so desperately need. The Savior that we literally cannot live without. And he's our Lord. And he's our Savior, the one who came into this world to live and to die and to rise again. The one who has mercifully revealed his glory to you through the Holy Spirit to win your heart and to fill it with an undying trust in him. This is the one who came to make sure not just that problems go away, but to make sure that our joy and our delight never do. That's the delight uncovered. Amen.